Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. We also have Rick Bernardo, our co-host today, Um, and we're going to have a really interesting show. Um, As you all know, the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking and get us talking, get us imagining, get us exploring things sometimes that we're really comfortable with and sometimes we're not so comfortable with. Um, And sometimes we get more comfortable talking about uncomfortable things uh, because we want to make the connection and we want to seek to understand and open ourselves up to something new. And today we're going to be talking about a a topic that some people feel uncomfortable about. Um, It's the it. Um, People don't want to talk about it. Uh, we are shy. We're uncomfortable. But we have someone here that will be what will help us become more comfortable talking about sex. Now, some people really enjoy talking about sex. <laughs> and for those folks, this might be a great show. For some of us, it's like, oh, how do I talk about that out loud? Uh, and so we've got uh, Jackie Golob, who will be helping us talk about it out loud. Rick, you want to say a few things? Jackie Golob is with us. No, no, just that uh, <clears throat> I there's a whole range of of uh, do want to talk about it, don't want to talk about. Expect there's a whole spectrum of <laughs> of that, which is with any topic. But uh-huh. I'm fascinated in this because it's such a and I'm from my ethics background. It's such a uh, a, ter- a landscape where there's so many rights and wrongs, but they're not really set in stone, and I don't think we should be judging a whole lot. Um, and, so anyway, and, that's that's sort of my I first th- strike, and but I'm glad she's with us. And yeah. one other thing on that, along with it, I think each generation gets more comfortable with sexuality. I really do. Nope. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something that happens. It's like, oh, you guys get it a lot earlier than I did. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that too. I think that would be good. Jackie, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank you both for having me here this morning. And, and shameless sex therapist is what she goes by. Uh, and and, and shamelesstherapy.org uh, is the website. So just, just we can just sort of, we'll come back to that. And Jackie, I'm glad you brought that up, Rick. Um, it seems like shame when I go to your website mm-hmm. is something that is woven through all of what you talk about. And so I thought today, if you could just start out sharing with us, I mean, everyone knows what shame is, but how how does that impact becoming our full selves? Mm-hmm. Because I also sense that some of your stuff is also about getting comfortable with who we are first. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot how sexual health and mental health and physical health go hand in hand. And that is yourself. That's who you are as a human being and a person. Um, When it comes to shame, really, I think a lot of people, if anybody loves Brene Brown like I do, (laughs) right? Like you hear the word should, and that is the automatic like go-to with shame. However, shame is not just about the word should. It's covert and overt. There may be some things that we were told verbally or physically, maybe growing up in our childhood or just even things that we may not even recognize or realize as shame. So an example with that one might be someone scoffing at you for not doing something that, you know, they wanted you to do. And it's like, well, hang on a second. If I'm living a life for me and my value system, like why am I going to be shamed into doing something else? It can be a lot of coercion, manipulation. And even though that other person may have really great intentions or a reason why behind it, they may or may not realize that, hey, that's inadvertently shaming someone. Um, and And someone might not have the confidence 
parents no. to be able to call mm-hmm. that out. Exactly. And if they see something that makes them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. sometimes the go-to is I'm doing something wrong. Exactly. Yes. And shame is so much different than embarrassment or guilt, right? Like shame goes deeper. It's a physical connection with our bodies and with ourselves. And a lot of times just me being a holistic healer, like I'll be in sessions with folks and I'm like, okay, your heart chakra is off. Your solar plexus is off, which is self-esteem and self-worth. And you can't speak from the heart. And because of that, your throat chakra is off. And so it's really difficult for some people because then there's so many different energy things that are going on with them that they don't even know where to start. I love that example because it's how do you find the root of where something's stopping? Mm -hmm. And that's got to be fascinating in terms of you might think, well, I just can't speak. Yep. You know, I don't feel like I can say mm-hmm. what I want or what I need because I'm mm-hmm. – but that's not the problem. It's not that you, you can't speak. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> where, where is it getting stopped? Right. And then that's where anxiety gets stuck, yeah. like in our bodies and our chest too. And then if those chakras are off and you're coming to see me for sex, your sacral chakra is off. So it's just <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But wow. even with sexuality and shame, um, it's there's so many different things, right? There's a lot of folks and people that I work with in sex therapy that have been shamed for their gender identity. Identity, their sexuality, if they are BDSM or kinky, if they are in an open relationship or marriage. And so sometimes it's just having that safe space for people to come and really process and talk about what this shame is for them because it's different for everyone. And, and Jackie, just uh, you said distinguish something about distinguishing shame from guilt and what was the other embarrassment. thing? Embarrassment. And embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I, and I can get that now that you mention it. But if we don't have words for these things, sometimes it's hard to even – support ourselves, let alone call out and bring into the conversation or the interaction. doesn't even have to be words. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great uh, because I'm very, I'm a very, um, I don't know, a champion for people mm-hmm. being responsible. That's the whole world of ethics uh, has right and wrong. But there's, I think like with sexism, mm-hmm. racism, we can be responsible, meaning cause a response. We want a result mm-hmm. without necessarily feeling shame or guilt or any of those. So that's why I wanted to get this, the language. That's very helpful. Yeah. A question that I have for you in terms of when you're working with individual, working with a couple and an individual, mm-hmm. do you start first with the individual um, and, and work on their self-esteem and their self-awareness? Or do you like to bring people together and kind of explore right away the, yeah. the dynamics of what's happening between yeah. two people? That is a great question. Um, it really depends because <laughs> sometimes I'll get people that are like, we want couple sex therapy and we need to work on this. But then there's some sort of self-esteem issue that arises in one partner and our both. And then I say, you know, we need separate sessions for this. We need to stay in our lane. This is couples therapy and I need to see both of you individually for self-esteem and I don't think it's going to be helpful as much to do as much couples therapy work like we might be at a natural stopping point and that's absolutely fine but it's again like how do you work on yourself how can you expect to be in couples therapy have expectations of you and your partner or partners if you have multiple um and then not be expected to work on yourself wholeheartedly. So it really depends. Sometimes I will work with individuals and then there will be folks that are like, okay, well, I've been married for so long. Like we never went to couples therapy. We never went to premarital counseling and I want to open up my marriage and I want to explore polyamory. And so sometimes it's that person coming to me, processing some different things with sex, shame, and self, because (laughs) all of those things are really intertwined with me. And then they may say, I feel good and confident to have couples sex therapy with you. Can we start sessions with my 
my partner or spouse. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And then that's where we do the work. But then they may go hand in hand, side by side a little bit to, again, stay in the lane and making sure everybody gets what they need. Because with couples, like everyone has triggers, right? And we want to make sure that the triggers aren't projected onto each other and we're not shaming each other in couple sex therapy. So sometimes, too, we have to do, I call it first shameful versus shameless communication skills. So like basically unhealthy versus healthy communication skills. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part where how Rick was saying, like we have to be able to hold people responsible and accountable because our words hold meaning and action. And that is so true with shame. I call that out. Like there is no shame. (laughs) Um, There's no shame on the therapy game. There's no shame on the sex therapy game. And there's no shame in the self-care game. And this is all the part of it because you're taking care of yourself and you're speaking your truth and what you need. And if your partner is going to be there and listen to you, then, you know, that's that's one of the things that they're going to try harder to in couple sex therapy. And it sounds like from what I'm hearing that Mm -hmm. there's also needing to be a trust. Mm -hmm. And if there comes a point where what a couple has differences Mm -hmm. in ultimately their goals, Mm -hmm. um, I I heard you use polyamory as a potential to one partner. And if the other partner is really uncomfortable with that, mm-hmm. you know, how to explore in a respectful way, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to either go forward or let go. Exactly. And and allow, and if it's a letting go, you know, right. because there's not, a, have it done without shame as well. Absolutely. And it's being yes. able, I am hearing, you know, finding your boundaries, you know, yes. where those <laughs> healthy boundaries are for yourself and not mm-hmm. expecting those boundaries to be someone else's. Absolutely. And that's so true. And it all goes back to communication as well. And mm-hmm. in Minnesota, in our culture here, we are very passive aggressive and we need to be assertive. So it's mm-hmm. also teaching those assertiveness skills too in training. My question is always, um, how do we how do we notice the difference between that sort of turning inward shame and being responsible or accountable? And there's something about having a sense of choice. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a sense of choice? Mm-hmm. Do you feel any power related to this, like a possibility of a choice? Mm-hmm. Um, do, does that come? That must come up. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I think a lot of times if the shame is um, overt and maybe it's smaller and maybe we can identify and recognize it, then it's easier to say like, okay, I'm going to try and work with my shame here. But if the shame, for example, is... um, and, and this could be overt, covert, depending on the situation, but this is something that does come up in the sex therapy world. Folks having to be able to go to conversion therapy at a young age, forced by their parents, and then never telling anybody. And then they're working with therapists later on in life, and they're nervous about it, and they haven't uh. even shared. So that's a big one when it comes to shame, too, because that's something that they learned. Oh, my parents brought me here. They may not love me. I'm a bad person for my mm-hmm. sexuality. So associations that... Mm-hmm. They don't have much of a choice. Right. Well, this is wonderful, juicy, (laughs) delightful conversation, and we're going to continue it um, after our break. I want to have folks, if you're wanting to get some information in between, you can feel free to go to shamelesstherapy.org and look at what Jackie Golob is uh, providing in terms of opportunities for us to think about. But stay tuned because there's more we're going to be talking about. Uh, more in sex therapy and looking at our total selves. What does that mean? And, and how do we embrace that? Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today we are talking about um, shameless therapy. 
and how that can impact um, opening up our lives. And we've got Jackie Golope, who is a uh, therapist. She deals with shame, but she focuses on being a sex therapist and a mental health counselor. And I have our good friend Rick Bernardo as my co-host today. That's me. That's yeah. you. That's um, you. Now, I, one of the things in my history is doing a lot of comedy and doing a lot of ethics teaching, with, not always at the same time. And uh, But I just – when you were speaking earlier, I just remembered that what the first sexual experiences I had or that I remember – I didn't even know that's what they were, of course. And and so I remember me and my friends, probably six years old, were climbing on jungle gyms kind of thing, swing sets. And if you rub on the poles a certain way, you get – we called it a fun feeling. <laughs> and we had no idea what it was. But if you did it – we had pants on and everything, and we're basically just sort of – didn't, didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. We just know it felt good, and we were experimenting. And I think back at that, and I, I laugh, not in a bad way, but just thinking, I, I never knew what, what that was or started in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, just yeah. but it was so innocent at the time, and it, and it could stay that way, yeah. maybe, I well, guess. Well, I, I think it's also looking at how we want or don't want to define sex. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, sex can be... I'm sorry, a really good cup of coffee <laughs> that gives you this excited feeling. I, You know, maybe that's a stretch. Pleasure. But pleasure, exactly. Pleasure can be that really so, good cup of coffee. Right, yeah. right. You know, no, so. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember a number of books have said, though, that we are humans. We're, we're erotic beings. Yes. And eros and eroticism and touching isn't always sex necessarily. And it, it, But there's a, a spectrum again. There's a whole series of experiences anyway you go ahead your ear but but my point was there was no shame in the fun feeling right right i was a kid (laughs) (laughs) right and that can really be confusing for kiddos too because they're like well this felt really good i didn't know about this nobody told me what you know touching myself or masturbating or anything would be like and by the way fun fact there's been research studies uh kiddos masturbating by the age of three Wow. Yeah. Well, you were also saying earlier mm-hmm. that if parents have an orgasm yeah. um, when the the woman is pregnant, mm-hmm. that yeah. the baby actually has an orgasm too. Yep. When the parent that has the baby, yep, when they have – when they're carrying the baby and they are pregnant, there's been um, – Sonograms. I think that's the picture. I've never had a kiddo, so I'm bad if I butchered that. But yeah, to actually show, okay, the child is having an orgasm here. And so it's super interesting and fascinating because whether or not we actually truly know it, we're sexual beings from like from birth. And so that's one of the things where one of my friends, Kayla, she was asking me, uh, she just had a kiddo in the last year or so. She was like, would you ever do sex education for parents because, and how to talk to your children about sex? And I was like, absolutely. Like, so that's something that I'm thinking about in the future because there's so much that we don't know from those young experiences. And then mm-hmm. we think about them as adults and we look back and we're like, oh, I didn't realize this. Or I didn't realize that this was maybe sex or pleasure or enjoyable. And we need to be able to have those conversations with our kids from a very young age because it's so important. And it's also body boundaries, too, from from young age. Like, don't make your kiddos, if they don't want to hug somebody, like their aunt, their uncle, their parent, like, they don't want to hug somebody, don't force them to hug somebody. Don't teach them and shame them into being like, no, you need to hug everybody. That's shame. It goes back to that. And then they feel like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I just don't like this person. I don't have a good experience with them. And maybe I don't want to hurt their feelings. Or maybe I'm a kid and I don't know how to convey that, right? 
but it's it's the kiddo's body, it's the kiddo's boundaries. And again, if we do that from an earlier age, they're just going to be better at being able to talk about sex, being able to talk about pleasure, touch, all these different things that go back into the, the importance of sex and self and no shame. And there was nothing forced. Exactly. And it, there's choice, as you yes. said. You need to have choice instead of being forced. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that may have just started in this second segment and we're here for the first <laughs> segment, um, this is based on um, – Looking at shame and being shameless uh, and what does it mean to move towards shameless. And one of the things that that I'm I- intrigued with is how shame can come into our ident- identity and then limit our possibilities for celebrating ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you were just mentioning you – know, Shame. Uh, later on, you might have went. Hmm, should I have been shamed for enjoying the jungle gym? But no, I, you're I can not. Retroactively, so shame. That's yeah. I'm, I'm capable of that. But does that then limit us in ways that uh, we've not totally explored? what we want for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about that. Absolutely. I think there's so many external factors and barriers for sure that don't allow for a healthy sexuality or ex- uh, sexual exploration. Um, another example that I think of is before there was even a term, I was reflecting on this in the past couple of weeks, purity culture. So being mm-hmm. grown up within a religion, I was raised Catholic. And so it's like, don't have sex before marriage. You're going to hell, <laughs> like uh-huh. that, or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, you basically think about that a little bit and you're like, okay, well, there's no healthy sexuality. Like we may just be only talking about this and we don't necessarily know why. Um, We don't necessarily know why this is bad or we're just taught like sex is for marriage. Well, sex is for pleasure. Sex is for, yes, also babies, but also, you know, LGBTQ plus community, gay people have sex. So many other people have sex. Like it's not just a one type of thing. So then when we get that shame and that script in there, then that's one of the things where it becomes... um, really, really saddening too. And then it feels like there's something wrong. So then it's hard because then we don't know where to go to. We may feel shame from the church. We may feel shame from the family. We may feel shame from teachers, um, whether or not sex education is being taught in schools that's inclusive of all genders, all sexualities. That's another big component as well. So there could be a lot of different barriers too. And even if a kiddo feels comfortable going to um, other people, when it comes to talking about sex, they may or may not ever do that. And then they may not know how to communicate that when they get older. And then there may be some issues with self-esteem and self-worth. Did you want to uh, – because I've got a question if you, you look like you're about I, I, to ask. Well, I, I always look that way, uh, just slightly confused too, always. So um, <laughs> I, I remember – I think it's okay to say without bringing in names, my first sexual – like actually adult sexual experience in college, I was brought up Catholic too. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I, I'll just never forget the next morning, I didn't really feel too different. Mm-hmm. And I started to check out conch aspects of conscience, who I really was, who I wasn't, and what was right and wrong in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that is good or bad for anybody else, but that was I'll never forget. I expected to feel really different in a bad way the next morning, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of a breakthrough for me. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, and important. Yeah. No, I, I'm glad you shared that. I, I, as I hear you share about this, it, to me, it seems like what you're you're allowing folks to do is to be more confident mm-hmm. about 
The choices that they make are okay. Mm-hmm. Giving people permission that it's okay to want those things. Yes, it, mm-hmm. It's not okay to make someone else feel uncomfortable if they don't want the same things. Exactly. So how do you mm-hmm. communicate each other's wants and needs mm-hmm. without shaming each other mm-hmm. as well as shaming yourself, mm-hmm. uh, but just allowing for ideas and concepts and feelings and exploration mm-hmm. to be such that it, it's okay to talk about, but, you know, we'll negotiate <laughs> of what everyone yeah. feels good about in terms of boundaries. And are you okay yeah. with those boundaries? Yeah, that's exactly what it is too. It's about compromise. And it's also about like another thing that I always ask a lot of my couples. I'm like, have you ever done premarital counseling with a sex therapist? No, we never have done counseling or anything like that. Okay. Well, there may be some things that we may need to review in couple sex therapy because mm-hmm. um, what a lot of one in 10 therapists will actually talk to their clients about sex. So sex therapists really niche in this area and have the training to be able to do some of this couple's work, but also that element of sexuality that's so important. And some of the things that I always talk about with my couples when they're coming to see me for premarital counseling is, you know, what are deal breakers too? Mm -hmm. Um, And worst case scenarios. And, you know, if if someone's sexuality changes because we're sexually fluid human beings mm-hmm. and sometimes we we have certain types of attractions at a certain point in our life and those can absolutely change depending on, you know, our openness with our sexuality and how we feel about ourselves too. And so it's kind of like, well, if a person is wanting to explore BDSM and kink, for example, and maybe their primary partner, their spouse or whoever, they're just very vanilla. They're like, I don't want this. Okay, well, can we talk about potentially opening up, you know, the marriage or relationship? And then it's also going over these maybe shame um, narratives or scripts that both parties are telling themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe one partner is saying to themselves, I'm not good enough for them in bed because they need to seek elsewhere. And the other person is like, this is really a part of my sexuality and I crave this and I want this and I don't know how to have this because we're married and we're stuck and so we don't know how to negotiate it. But then it's the shame work underneath it mm-hmm. and it's sitting with that. Mm-hmm. And it's also being mindful and aware of, okay, are we projecting this onto our partners? Are we using that unhealthy defense mechanism of like, I'm putting my shame on you and you're putting your shame on me and then essentially we're stuck and then we Mm -hmm. all just feel all this shame going on. And so it's really about getting unstuck. And I think at those points too, it's like, you know, that's when couples get to decide if they're married, you know, is this a deal breaker? Is this Mm -hmm. something where you can, you'll be separated or potentially divorced or whatever. And that's a part of the work that they have to decide for themselves too. And for some other people too, it's like, well, what's it like if you are, um, if you're not as kinky, you know, does that make you feel inadequate for your partner? And what does that mean if you can't have that kinky sex? Like, does that make you feel like you're losing a part of your sexuality? And those conversations come up so much in couples therapy work. Um, another example quickly too is, you know, if someone, um, like while they're married, let's say, because health comes up, right? Like physical health too. And if there's certain things, like if someone is in a car crash, they can't sexually perform and, or they have a, men- a physical diagnosis where they can't have sex anymore, or maybe they can do things that are still pleasurable, or we explore that a little bit ideas. Um, then, it can, you know, if another person is like, I really want sex, I am a sexual being, like, I want to be able to connect with somebody in this way, is that an option? So there's some things that aren't necessarily talked about that can mm-hmm. also be particular barriers too, when it comes to couple sex therapy as well. It seems to me that what may stop people from um, accessing therapy is the fear that underneath it they may fear we we may not be able to negotiate 
a happy mm-hmm. uh, resolution to this. That's scary. And, and yeah. it's scary because if we can just maintain, even though neither of us are perhaps overjoyed, mm-hmm. um, so how it, it seems to me, how do you explore what is joy mm-hmm. and what is it that you both really, you had said, you know, this is really part of my sexual identity. So, yeah. and I'm not, that it's not getting fed. Mm-hmm. So perhaps some of the things that stop is that the fear of losing what you have mm-hmm. may be greater than the joy of what you might gain. Exactly. And oh, with yeah. that, I got to leave us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a cliffhanger because okay. we've got to go to a break. But we'll explore what ha- can happen in a couple sex therapy that allow them to make some choices that are going for the gold. <laughs> that allows for, you know, the, the joy to be realized, whatever that joy is. So with that, make sure if you want to check out all the good stuff that our friend Jackie Golob does, go to shamelesstherapy.org. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today we're talking about staying shameless. Uh, And we're with a wonderful therapist. She specializes in sex therapy, and she's also a a general mental health counselor. You work both with individuals as well as other therapists. You kind of give a nice little uh, vitamin boost (laughs) 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 to folks that that make it, you know, tired and burned out as well. And Mm -hmm. and you bring a holistic approach Mm -hmm. to supporting um, folks who need need some support and mm-hmm. looking at shame that seems to be uh, our one of our top cultural issues i think in the us mm-hmm. um, when you when i first learned that you're going to be joining us today one of the things that i've been thinking about is we have this puritanical culture and a culture that can be uncomfortable with sexuality mm-hmm. um, compared to some european countries that don't seem to have the same shame based mm-hmm. and and that's something that i think um, it's good to step back and recognize we in the last segment we also talked about how religion can play a role in looking at the shame stories um, oh, yeah. that we need to navigate and and what does that look like um, but ultimately you you really want to help couples you know be able to connect better mm-hmm. and we love on connections Connection. yes mm-hmm. about connecting we're rick, talking major connections yeah yeah rick bernardo co-host that's today that's oh yeah that's rick brings sort of the ethical as well as the com- comic side we're multifaceted human beings aren't we <laughs> right so no but but i was thinking at speaking of comedy uh, there's an old vaudeville joke that I'm reminded of in in this conversation because we're using words to talk about something that's a whole other language, right? It's sexual experience by ourselves with somebody that that we can love too or uh, (laughs) with other people. Um, It's it's like a lot of religion. There's no words for it and for what we're trying to explore. Uh, It's all interaction and and skin and motions and expressions. But there's an old vaudeville joke, uh, old woman uh, on the street and a tourist stops in New York City and stops her and says, excuse me, do you know how to get to Carnegie Hall? And she looks him up and down and says, practice, practice. <laughs> and so so there's some things you just, we just have to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what does it look like uh, to when when people are – 
kind of stuck mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, and coming to you for help. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Yeah. So a lot of times I think, you know, depending on the client, of course, or what type of work we're doing when they feel stuck, like we kind of talk, okay, well, what would it be like to be unstuck? Like if therapy worked exactly how you wanted it to like three months, six months, whatever, or coaching, right? Sexual wellness coaching too. How would things be different and how could I help you and how could you also help yourself? And so it's a really, it's a space where it's like, let's just kind of be gentle with ourselves and give that support and just ask right off the bat, like, what do you really need to heal here? And how can we kind of create some things collaboratively to work for you in therapy? And I think a lot of times when it does come to going back to that communication piece, it's like when we communicate, um, like, what is it? What's the quote? We were talking about it earlier, going along with um, <laughs> a story that we were talking about. But it's like, pro- like practice makes progress. Like we're not perfect human beings. And that's another thing. When we tell ourselves that we need to be perfect, that perpetuates personality traits of anxiety. And that's also Mm storylines that may have been given to us in our family of origin, Mm -hmm. in our first uh, religious experience. You you want to perfect yourself. Mm -hmm. It's in school. You want to go for the A. Mm -hmm. There's a right and there's a wrong way. You want to figure out what the right way is. Um, But what happens happens with all of those shoulds, as you brought up earlier with Mm -hmm. uh, B'nai Brand, Um, what stops us then Mm -hmm. from going, well, maybe there's a yes and instead of a yes no. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's alternative. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. different ways of looking at it. And exploring that can be kind of scary. Yes, and exactly. It is scary. And how you just had all those different questions come up. Therapy is not a yes-no type of thing. Therapy is definitely a multiplistic experience where we have to be able to say, like, hang on. (laughs) We want to find the answers, of course. That's why we're here. And, like, let's slow down and sit with that. Where does that stem from? Because then you find out, are these the stories that I'm telling? myself or is this a parent, a loved one, a coach, a teacher, a friend or whatever. And that's a part of it too, where people are like, I just want to know, like, what do I need to do to like heal my shame? Like, tell me you're the expert. And I'm like, fix it for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're the fix it person, right? With so that. <laughs> and what we do, but mm-hmm. that's also part of our culture. Yes. How can I just hire someone to just fix it? Yes. And, yep. and they're not really open to looking at all the different ways it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. They just want the responsibility on you to fix it for them. Right. Which gets me back to responsibility. Yep. And for me as a therapist, like I don't like the word advice. I give solutions. I give feedback interactively in sessions because uh-huh. advice giving can also be coming off as like should. An example ah, there smart. is, oh, like I just want to vent to my friend about something that happened the other day. Well, have you tried this? Did you do this? Did you do that? And you know what? No, I didn't ask for <laughs> And nine times here. out of ten, you don't uh-huh. want want someone to be telling you what to do. Exactly. Except and when they come to their therapist. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll do psychoeducation on the handbrain. If you put your hand in a fist, right, uh-huh. the survival mammalian instincts are about are at the end of the back of the hand, the uh-huh. stem of it, right? The front of your hand underneath your knuckles, that's the prefrontal cortex. That's what um, our logical thinking center, how we can form sentences. Uh-huh. Then underneath that, our 
amygdala, our emotion center of the brain. That's your thumb. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. You protect your emotions with your brain. Yep. And then when we are venting or when we are emotions, when we're stuck in that, we flipped our lids. So Uh we can't even think logically. So then we blow up at that friend and we say, I don't want to hear your advice right Right. now. Stop talking to me. And then we get in a fight or something like that. Right, right. Because it's emotional. I I always go Mm -hmm. into that when I teach ethics because I see uh, there's the language that we get – hijacked by that part of our brain mm-hmm. that is not really our, our decision-making um, intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, necessarily. Yeah. We're afraid. But, it, but we go there very often in fear. Yes, yeah. we go there it, in fear. It's a place. It's the fight or flight. It's the fight or flight. Right. And so when we need to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. we become uh, angry. Right, exactly. And that's the hard part with therapy. Sometimes people want to come in and they want to blame other people for the situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. And depending on the person, you know, if you are a people pleaser in the bedroom, that's sexual self-sabotage, I tell people. Mm -hmm. So you don't get to blame this other person here. Let's look at the responsibility you need to take. And and that's the feedback I'll give them in sessions. And I'll be very honest with Mm -hmm. people and folks about it. And then they'll be like, oh, and then that might scare them because it's it's a professional relationship where we have this safe space to process some things about mm-hmm. sex, and sex, self, fears, all these different things. And then when they hear that, some people might sit with it and be like, wow. And it's that aha moment. I had no idea that I was doing this. And this has been a pattern for me. And now I need to break this pattern. And that's what they want to do. They really want to break the pattern, but they don't want to go within. And so we have to be able to go within, process those emotions, and really take some some time to explore that. Not like pressure ourselves, you know, not have expectations. And I call it too sexpectations with our couples. I like that. (laughs) Right? Like let's not have sexpectations because that's shooting on each other and that's shame. Um, We don't do that. Not here for it. She says shooting. Yep, yeah. Yep. So essentially, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so essentially, that's a big component of it. So when people get scared from that feedback that I give them, it's it's a roll of the dice, flip of the coin if they come back and see me because of the honesty there. And and I could probably, um, I could speak for some other therapists, but I could probably guess that that's just, you know, yeah. the experience with therapy too in general. And what it sounds like, again, mm-hmm. is that if you're ready for yes. change. Yes. Then therapy and sex therapy is yes. is necessary and possible and exciting because yes. it allows you to, you know, look at those barriers and go, are they really necessary? You know, exactly. can can we break through them? There's, if if we're not ready for change, mm-hmm. that's when they don't come back because they're exactly. really not ready mm-hmm. to look at the barriers. They're really not ready mm-hmm. to move through them into something mm-hmm. else. Yep. And then it's like, how long will you stay stuck? And some people will be like, wow, you work with people weekly, Jackie, huh? And I'm like, yes, because it probably took them two or three years to get there. So I don't do drive through, like go through the McDonald's drive through, get your happy meal of like mm-hmm. your nuggets here. Mm-hmm. And then you get to leave. I don't do drive through therapy. No, we're going to be consistent because I want to help you heal faster rather than remain stuck for mm-hmm. long because that can just feel like you're in an awful place with yourself then and then you don't know where to turn. And so when people call me, it does take some time for them to even get that courage. And that's a big step to do. So like that's awesome when people are calling a therapist for the first time too. And with that, I'm going to take a break again because in our next session, you can share about how people can access that, that it's not a drive-through, but there are some really cool opportunities that Mm -hmm. you offer. Mm -hmm. So we'll be learning more in the next segment about ways that um, Jackie can be there for you 
Uh, but it's not drive-through. This isn't quick service. <laughs> this is this is fine dining. Oop, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> or maybe I should. <laughs> Uh, And please uh, check out her website at shamelesstherapy.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. We have had a lively show today that has been rich in conversation and thought. Uh, Rick Bernardo, my co-host, and I have had the chance to get to know and find out a point of view from Jackie Golob, who is a sex therapist, a mental health counselor. And her motto and her theme is stay shameless. Mm-hmm. Embrace who you are. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to all the show and you go, oh, wait a minute, that's a show I want to listen to, <laughs> you can go back and you can listen to our podcast and you can go to am950radio.com. You can click on connections when it comes up. Our show um, will be posted uh, probably sometime this weekend, so look for it. If not, for sure, by Monday, you'll be able to to listen to the whole show. But we are going to leave you with some really good information Um Jackie is going to share with us if if we've been so moved by our conversation, and it sounds like something that we'd like to consider for ourselves. What does that look like? Um, and I know, in addition to just what we've been talking about with with sexual therapy, there's also really good work that you do on self esteem, holistic counseling. If you want to share a little bit about that as mm-hmm. well, and then tell us what's the next step in seeking counseling with you? Yeah, so those are great questions. So a lot of times too, the holistic healing side of things comes into, um, like I kind of mentioned with the chakras earlier, with our energies and like if they're imbalanced or not, uh, that really ties in quite a bit with like sex therapy too. And sometimes I'll see folks um, in sex therapy and they're like, what can I do besides take a medication? What can I do holistically to pump up my sexual libido? There's a blog on my website with all these different ideas, um, be it with essential oils, different types of foods, different types of um, crystals, different types of mindfulness-based practices. So I definitely highly recommend checking that out if anyone's curious about that. But there's a lot of people that want to know, what can I naturally do? I love that, mm-hmm. that, you know, if you just want to, right now, <laughs> <laughs> embrace something. Yeah. You don't have to, but wait. Yeah, you it's can, your freebie. Yeah, <laughs> check, check the, you also have a newsletter, don't you? Yes, I have a newsletter too, which I send out maybe once or twice a month if I'm motivated. And on that newsletter. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> no shame. Um, I give out different types of sex tips, mental health tips. Sometimes I'll do affirmations. I'll do updates too with things that I'm doing in business as well as um, discount codes through my shameless self-care holistic healing shop. And um, so there's a lot of different like crystal jewelry and bracelets, but then also like um, essential oil, like they call them sniff stick inhalers too. Like when I was really stressed out in grad school, I used that a lot to just kind of take a moment, ground, breathe, like let me enhance my senses here in this moment. And it's it's been something that I wanted to be able to create like a shop for, um, you know, if people are looking for that holistic piece inside of things too that they can do to help heal themselves, like why not do a self-care holistic healing shop? So I have a lot of different things on there too. And a lot of the different um, bracelets and stuff, like two of them that I'm wearing today, they're all moonstone and labradorite. They're two crystals that I wear because it's really to trust your intuition. And a lot of times that's what I talk about in therapy with people like, 
trust your gut, like what's good for you with your boundaries and like what can you say and how can you say it and how can you communicate it shamelessly. And so it'll the, enhance that overall. So the, you have jade, did you say? And um, moonstone and then labradorite. Lab- okay. Yep. So tell me what labradorite. Um, yeah. So labradorite is really good for, it's also good for enhancing like psychic abilities too or the clairs, your claircognizance, buoyance, mm-hmm. um, sentence. I'm going to butcher that word. <laughs> Claire, empathy too. And then it's also good for dream protection as well as as well as remembering your dreams and following your intuition. Um, Moonstone is also, um, so it's kind of like the moon. <laughs> it's got like a nice little rainbow uh, color to it, but it's another one where it's to follow your intuition. It's also to be connected with your higher self spiritually and just your best self overall is the way I like to put it too. And really just trusting yourself holistically. Like when you feel your chakras are all in aligned as well. And when you're like, I need all the, the chakra bracelets and stuff, then obviously I say, you know, get one um, where they have all the different like um, balancing beads, like one bead on there for each because then that's going to help you ground it and just like be in what, alignment. What I always like about mm-hmm. um, uh, jewelry like that, mm-hmm. whether or not it impacts us and makes a difference, mm-hmm. I think it's a mindful exercise, if nothing yes, else, yes. that we choose to focus on that today. Absolutely. And that allows us a reminder mm-hmm. that these are things that are important to me today. Yeah. And where, so wherever you are on the spectrum of accepting yes. energies, yes. that it's cool <laughs> and no shame. No. Yeah, it's part, <laughs> part of the whole range of languages yeah, that we but, have. But for me, mm-hmm. I like it as a reminder. Yeah. I like it. I want to wear this necklace because I'll remind myself that right. this is, you know, a shared meeting that some folks have about yeah. what this brings and what this represents. Yep. And there's some with mantras and affirmations on them, too, with oh, the jewelry. Cool. So I was like, I want some mental health mantras and affirmations yeah. on Very these cool. jewels. So. Very uh, cool. That's the first part. We've got a couple <laughs> minutes left. Tell us um, about your sessions that you do. There's a 15-minute session. Tell us about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I do a free 15-minute consultation to see it for folks that are looking for therapy, coaching, and or consulting on client care or wanting to start their own private practice as therapist in business. Um, I'll kind of call them, see what they're looking for, see if we are a good fit, see if we're connecting a little bit and what they're helping and what they're seeking out help for. Um, so that's something that can be easily booked through my website, and it's a free 15-minute consultation. Um, and then I also have folks read through my FAQs and my rates of service as well because fun fact I don't take insurance on sex sex therapy isn't actually paid through insurance codes so I am a private pay clinician for that reason so I just like sharing that with people like go check and read all the different things on my website. And a reminder it's shamelesstherapy.org. Very simple but that that's how you get a hold of you. Yeah, you have workshops coming up too. Yes, I have a magical migraines workshop that is actually next week Thursday in Edina. We have a couple in-person tickets left, but it can also be virtual and it's the unconventional way to self-care and soothe migraine pain with sex toys, sexual massagers. And yeah, I would love for folks to check that out and come. I'm going to do some more workshops in the future too specifically on um, shame a little bit more what we talked about today, but diving a little bit deeper a little bit as well on my website. And then I'll be doing some other workshops like maybe sex ed for children, how to talk to your client or your kiddos about sex, um, and some different things. And you also work with folks that have clients. So there's a coaching that you you do. So in folks going, hmm, am I, would she be good for me? Well, are you someone that would like to become more well. <laughs> that kind of covers the waterfront. More well. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you are someone that wants to, that's a therapist that's, you know, kind of burning out on some things, that's great too. And ultimately, shameless therapy. 
org. You were going to say it, something. Well, it's just such a deep and wide way we connect as human beings. That's all. So mm-hmm. um, thank you so much for being with us. And there's a lot more to explore, literally and otherwise. <laughs> well, thank you for having <laughs> me today. I appreciate it so much. Oh, absolutely, Jackie. It's uh, It's been a great joy to you know be able to explore in on a topic that some people cringe. I, I think we had fun in our conversation and opened it up for folks to maybe think in a new way. And I love it when people can make a connection in thinking about things in a way that they haven't before. So thanks for bringing that to us. And we'll look forward to next week on Connections Radio Show, where we're going to be talking about a cool play. You're going to have to check it out to hear what it is.